Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. I'm Brandon Reeve, and we're excited that you are listening with us today. You know, I love this podcast because it extends the weekend message. Too many times, Christian, I, I leave wanting more out of Sunday mornings. I want to hear more from you. So today, we get to hear more from you as you wrap up the series entitled Mood Swingers, Finding Emotional Health. And today, we'll be discussing your recent message entitled Fruit Inspectors. Uh, but before we do that, Christian, would you mind just taking a moment and to talk to those who are listening, why it's so important for them to continue to listen to the podcast each and every week? Well, Brandon, so I've been so excited to do this podcast. You know, it was just an idea we felt God gave us um, just to pull people deeper into the truth of Scripture and into what we were trying to do. But I think one of the reasons it's just so important is because how fast-paced our life is. If we don't subscribe to it, we're going to forget. And if we don't listen to it between the week, we'll probably forget a lot of the message. I mean, to be really, really honest with you, uh, if you ever see me at church, um, you never see me without Michelle right beside me on the front row or in the hallways, uh, because anything I ever think of in the midst of church, if I don't have her right down, I will forget by the time church is over. Not because it's not important, but because there's so much going on. If I ever see anyone at the hallway at church who wants anything, I always ask them, email me or text me, because what they tell me then, I will forget. Not because it's not important or they're not important. There's just so much flying at us. And we can come to church and we can hear a sermon that, I mean, so ministers to our soul. But by the time we get home, we've forgotten half of it. And by the time we get to the work, we've probably forgotten all of it. So this just allows us to remind ourselves. Um, and you ask, you know, why is it important to ask questions? Why is it important for for people to kind of begin a dialogue with us? The disciples always learn more through the questions after the sermon than they did from the sermon itself. Um, a question is like water to a seed that's been planted. It helps it grow in your heart and in mind. And every question that you ask, somebody else has that exact same question. So in this format, asking your question probably builds your faith and the faith of somebody else at the exact same time. So again, Christian, we want to hear from our listeners. So if they have a question, they need to send us an email to activate at takethejourney.cc. Please send us your questions. We'd love to answer them online. So Pastor Christian, thanks. Let's jump into the conversation today on a message you just shared with us called Fruit Inspectors. Very powerful message. In 2017, you've challenged us to live a life that's fully alive. And you've challenged us to prioritize three specific areas, to put God first, put our family second, and then put our spiritual family third. You know, looking back on 2016, Christian, for you personally, how, how were your priorities last year? Well, we had this great quote in our message, a rabbinic quote, that basically says every good thing in life that God gave you to enjoy that you don't, you'll one day be held accountable for. Mm. So if you're asking me, and you know, in those three areas, putting God first, putting family second, putting spiritual family third, if, if those were a gift from God right. that I'm accountable to enjoy, which one did I not enjoy enough? I'd probably say the last two. Uh, time with family and time with spiritual family. One of my life verses is Ecclesiastes 2, 24 and 25. A person can do nothing better than eat and drink and find satisfaction in their work. This I see is the hand of God, is from the hand of God, for without him who can eat or find enjoyment. The satisfaction that Solomon's talking about there is the satisfaction of sitting down with your family and enjoying the life that God has given you. And when I look at how blessed 
my life was last year. Hmm. I probably didn't have enough moments with my family, my wife and my kids, even my extended family. Uh, and then my church family, where I really just celebrated and enjoyed. I was so busy pushing. Uh, I heard a quote from a pastor several years ago that said the most dangerous mindset to have in life is when you tolerate the present because you're pushing so hard towards the future. Wow. Because you miss everything. Yeah. I think sometimes I do that, and, and I'm guilty of not enjoying the good things God's given me. Christian, thanks again for your honesty. Uh, I believe that's what makes this podcast so genuine and so real, so thank you. You know, the Apostle Paul had a group of Jewish leaders saying that the early Christian converts had to become Jewish before they could become followers of Jesus. You mentioned that in your message today. You know, John the Baptist had a similar confrontation with people who wanted religion instead of Jesus. Is there a difference between religion and Jesus? And second, secondly, Christian, could you answer this? Why was Paul okay with Christians not become Jewish first? So that's a difficult question. I mean, yeah. there, you, could, you could talk about it for years. But yes, there is a difference between religion and Jesus. I've, I've heard Tim Keller, who, who I love, describe it this way. Religion is man's attempt to find their way to God. Jesus is God's attempt to find his way to man. So there is a difference. Um, and the fact is, what Paul, what Paul was addressing in the book of Galatians, the Jews didn't understand how Christians could be accepted by God until they became Jewish first. And they were looking for a very particular sign, the sign of circumcision. They were basically saying, mm -hmm. we need a sign that God accepts them first mm -hmm. before they can accept our Messiah. And Paul said, listen, the sign doesn't come first. The sign comes second through the Spirit. So that that's that's what was going on in the book of Galatians. Um, and here's the deal. Paul was not only Jewish. He was proudly Jewish, and he, he was strictly Jewish. So he didn't have anything against Judaism or what it taught. Right. Paul's issue was that becoming Jewish um, was not the thing that showed the world that you were a follower of Jesus. That sign was not what showed whether or not you were following God. This was John the Baptist's point, too. The evidence that you follow Jesus is not your religious history, not your upbringing, but the current spirit that drives your life. And this was very easy based on Paul's list in Galatians 5 to observe. So Paul yeah. wasn't saying being Jewish wasn't important, mm -hmm. though it wasn't a requirement, uh, but that the identification of a follower of Jesus came through what the Spirit was doing in your life, not the fact that you grew up in a religious home or that you go to church. And Jerry Maguire, Rod Tidwell yelled, show me the money. Um, the Apostle Paul and John the Baptist were saying, show me the Spirit. And they right. were giving us a checklist of how we could see that. That's good. That's really good. Thank you. You know, you made a statement in your message today that kind of made me kind of move around in my seat, made me a little uncomfortable. You said this, that most Christians have become expert fruit inspectors when it comes to judging the faith of others, but not themselves. Can we take a moment and just drill down, drill down on that a little bit more? Yeah. So when I was in high school um, and took biology, we got to dissect little sand sharks. Like that was our that was what we dissected, little sand sharks. That's gross. For yeah, for a week the school smelled awful. If you were lucky, you got a pregnant shark, and when you would cut it, all the li like little babies would fall out. Like that was that was like the pinnacle of a, of that dissection. Um, my friends in college, who were pre med, um, they didn't work on sharks; they worked on human cadavers. And here's why: because they needed to practice on something that showed them how to operate on the real thing. In my experience. 
for a generation of church, we taught people how to identify sin by practicing on others. Wow. Basically, we said, here's how to look for sin, find it in someone else. This is an awful thing to do. It teaches us to look carefully at others to learn how to identify sin instead of teaching us to look carefully inside ourselves to, rec- to recognize sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you end up with is a church filled with people who learn to see every little imperfection in others. Uh, especially the opposing political party at this season in history, right? We know everything wrong with everyone uh, while ignoring or dismissing or not confronting things in our own lives that need to improve. Jesus said it this way, take the plank out of your own eye before you help somebody else with the speck in theirs. Uh, And I think a generation of us has come by it honestly, meaning it's just the way we were taught to see sin. It's it's what our teachers used to help us understand sin. We were directed to look at others. But we've got to change that moving forward if we're ever going to personally become more like Jesus. It has to be looking inside, not outside, to learn how to see sin, understand grace, and follow Jesus. That's so good. You know, as a former coach, if I knew my team was struggling on the on the court and, and something wasn't click, clicking, I would call a timeout, I would get into a huddle, and I'd say, guys, one of us has to step up. One of you guys has to step up. You know, you challenged us today in your message to step up. Is this like telling us, you guys, you got to do better? You got to do better? Or, or is there something deeper that you're trying to press in on that's a great question um because it's not just trying harder like right right, the essence of christianity is not just trying harder Um, you'll notice in the sermon notes that the up both the u and the letter p are capitalized Uh, it's because i don't just want people to focus on the phrase i wanted to give a phrase that's easy to remember step up it's easy to remember um it's a great movie if you like that kind of dancing um but i also want him to focus on two movie quotes i I, I want him to focus thank you i want him to focus on a direction i want him to focus up. I want them to think vertically in their okay. spirit. Okay. In Colossians 3, 1 through 3, Paul says, since then you've been raised with Christ, since you're a Christian, set your hearts on things above, mm. where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So Paul says, listen, when you became a Christian, your real life went up. Your heart and your mind are up. They're like they're with Christ. Mm. Stay focused there because that shows you how to live your real life now. Uh, in our main text in Galatians 5.25, Paul says, Since you live by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. Paul is saying you have only come alive by the Spirit. Remember, that's your proof, not your religious upbringing, your current church. It's the Spirit that gives you life. Therefore, look up. Your heart has to be focused on spiritual things to thrive spiritually. Your mind has to be focused on spiritual things to thrive spiritually. Your schedule has to revolve around spiritual things to thrive spiritually. Look up. Your strength and direction are coming from a supernatural spiritual place. So it's not as much do better as it is focus differently. Spiritual life comes from spiritual places and by spending time in our green pastures focused on those things connected to Jesus. That's really good. Thank you. You know, Christian, this week you did something absolutely daring, and I greatly admire it. Uh, I admire that you did it. You asked a few individuals close to you to inspect the fruit of the Spirit as it is as it is evidenced in your life. You asked us to rate you in the areas of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. And so um, 
you've received some ratings back, and I'm just curious, what, what did you learn from this? What, what are some challenges that you are going to take from this and apply in your life? Brandon, I've learned I've got some spoiled fruit in my life. Mm. Uh, I've learned that, that Paul says when you look like this, people understand that you've got emotional and spiritual health and you're filled with the Spirit. And I don't, I don't always look like what Paul says a Christian should look like. So I learned I have a lot of room to grow, like almost an embarrassing amount of room to grow. But I want to grow. Like right. I want to become more fully alive this year. Like it's not just my teaching theme. It's my life pursuit. Uh, Paul says you can tell if you're living by the Spirit, if your Spirit's emotionally healthy, um, by seeing if these things are present. So just like I want a doctor to put a stethoscope against my chest to make sure my heart is good, I want my family and my closest leaders to tell me if my spiritual heart is healthy. So what I did with this spiritual uh, fruit inspection is I asked my wife, I asked my kids, I asked our pastoral leadership staff to rank uh, each fruit in the spirit uh, in my life, and they mm -hmm. did. And the results that I got back... Um, you know, told me that that often I portray probably a heavy, anxious heart, which betrays the fact that I'd like to be spiritually healthy. Uh, I'm happy that my kids saw me as the most healthy spiritually yeah, because two years ago, yeah, two years ago that was my goal of mine yeah. that I wouldn't bring my work home and that I would be more present for my kids. So, so for my kids to see me filled with the fruit of the spirit, that made me feel good because that's that's something that I want to have. My wife saw me a little worst, uh, you know, and probably our leadership team who sees me in my heaviest moments of decisions, you know, I think, I think saw room for, to grow for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then I asked my assistant Michelle today to be the last one. And, and I struggled cause I thought, man, like she, she is around me in the most moments with my guard down. Right. right. And, you know, and I thought, okay, Lord, if I give this to Michelle, does Michelle see, the best version of me or the worst version of me? Which right. one is she going to pick? And God spoke into my heart and said, she sees the real version of you. Mm. And I thought, oh, man, like there's the rod, right? The, the rod and the staff that was like, you know, a club across my head. is yes. like, there is no best and worst. It's just you. She's probably going to see you more than most. Uh, so looking at her feedback just showed me a lot of areas, again, where, where I can grow. I'm not beating myself over the head. No. But I certainly, you know, it, it kind of hit my heart knowing I've, I've got a long way to go because here's the deal. Uh, I don't want to be the, a great pastor and a great leader and a great boss. I want to be a great Christian. There you go. And this list has shown me where I could be better as a great Christian. Why do I feel like everybody should do this? Because it's important to understand where we need to grow in emotional health. And Paul's list is a spiritual checkup to start with. Paul gave us that so we could compare our life and see how we're doing. You know, Christian, this, this series has been phenomenal and let's put a little bow on it right now um and and we've seen it change quite a few people's lives and we're hearing feedback almost daily of how it has been changing lives you finished your message with a powerful franciscan prayer from the 1200s uh part of the prayer said this may god bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world and in your neighborhood so that you will courageously try what you don't think you can do but in Jesus Christ, you'll have the strength necessary to do this. Uh, this portion of the prayer sounds like it, it, co it could actually come straight out of our mission statement at JCI. You know, how does this summarize? How could, how could this statement summarize our Mood, mood Swinger series so well? So first, let me say, I, I have been pleasantly surprised at how much people have enjoyed and learned from this series. Right. 
you know, my fear coming into it was that people think, oh, no, here, here's a month on self-help. This is dumb. I just want to study the Bible. You know, teach me something deeper. Instead, people have basically said, I realize I can't get deeper until I have emotional health. Like, this is step one. So I, I'm excited for the feedback that I've been receiving, mm-hmm. and I'm really, really grateful for it. And how great is this prayer? I mean, look at this right. first line. May God bless you with enough foolishness to believe you can make a difference. Holy cow. Like, that is, that's our mission statement. Yeah, who that, are we to think that yeah, we can change the world? But that's us, man. May God give us enough people just foolish enough to think we can make a difference in this community. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We've said that emotional health, you know, how does this translate to mood swingers? We said emotional health can be translated as emotional energy or like our energy reserves, uh, margin to do what's most important. We have been called as Christians to believe, foolishly or not, mm. that we can make a difference in the world and in our neighborhoods, in the communities we live and in the people's lives that we revolve around. I don't know very many Christians who don't desire to make a difference. Where this prayer goes, though, is it prays for the strength necessary to make a difference. And I believe that's what this series has taught us, that in every area, if we apply what we've learned, it will give us the strength necessary reserves of emotional health and emotional energy to make more of a difference in our families, in our church, in our communities, and around our world. So I think this series, if applied, sets us up for the success of being foolish enough to believe that God might just use us to change our community and our world if we'll put him first, put our family second, have the support of spiritual family, and live very aware of what spiritual health looks like through the fruit in our lives. That's powerful. Thank you, Christian. And thank you for your transparency in in this whole series. It's not easy to talk about our lives emotionally, especially as guys. We don't like to talk about that, but you've created a great foundation for us to do thank so. you my counselor taught me to do he that taught you, to, <laughs> you paid him a lot counselor. of money to learn how to do that uh, yes they do they do need money don't they listen before we sign off today christian would you give us a sneak peek at, at what is coming up next week on the podcast so first i hope you ask some questions i've, I've received yeah. so many texts and emails yeah. way to and go facebook replies and even people emailing activate to say i love it right send some questions yeah, i look exactly. forward to answering questions about what you're hearing and what you'd like to learn. I'm also excited. We're launching the first week of Better Together. It's a series on marriage. Both the sermons and the podcast are going to teach a biblical understanding of marriage, but here's why. Because marriage radically shapes our understanding of how we view God's love for us. So whether you're married, single, divorced, even if you're a teenager, there's going to be great truth for you every week to learn how God views you and loves you unconditionally. Christian, we look forward to it and to building a faith that is, is active in our marriage and in our all of our relationships. So thank you, Christian. So that'll do it for us today in our episode number four, Fruit Inspectors of the Activate Podcast. We'll catch you next time as we hear a little bit more from Pastor Christian. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. As you heard in this episode, Christian answered several questions from some of our listeners. You might have a question you'd like to ask as well. To submit that question, all you need to do is send us an email to activate at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes. Also, 
Share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.